episode of the Between the Lines podcast. Here I am today, talking about the NFL. Uh, I haven't talked about this in a while, mainly focusing on NBA recently. Today I'll be talking mainly about the New York Giants, but I'll kind of go into a bit of other teams as well, but mainly the Giants. I may talk about other teams in the future as well, potentially with some guests. So first of all, the Giants, uh, I guess this, M- this uh, NFL season, the ending is looking quite interesting. Um... It's definitely, I mean, if you go to the NFC East or something called the NFC Least, it's looking very, very interesting in terms of who's going to make the playoffs. Normally, you know, they have the Cowboys or the Eagles. It's a clear cut. Well, not clear cut, but between those two, it's up to them, you know, to make the playoffs. And last year you saw where the 8-8 eight and eight Eagles, was it, made the playoffs. And everyone's kind of like, this is kind of unfair. You know, they shouldn't really be making the playoffs if they're, you know, not getting great, getting a great uh, record. And I think that's fair enough. I think that's you have an argument for... Uh, either side as the way it works is that in the eight divisions that there are each division winner makes a playoffs regardless of their record they could technically lose all their games well that doesn't make sense they could technically win two games maybe technically I think and made the playoffs or three wins sorry so there are loopholes and I guess this is evident um, in that in the NFC East right now there's only one team that's eliminated you have the uh, Philadelphia Eagles currently, their record is 4-10-1 now, so they are eliminated for playoff attention. But you have three teams that are in playoff attention. You have the 5-10 Giants, the 6-9 Dallas Cowboys, and the 6-9 Washington football team. Now, there are obviously different scenarios. What's also very interesting is that all these teams in the are playing each other. So, Week 17, you have the Giants are playing the Cowboys. And Washington are playing the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles, their only thing is if they win, they don't make the playoffs, but they can prevent Washington from, win, from making the playoffs. So, pretty much, if Washington win, they make it, and they'll make it as a 7-9 team, which it could be, they could be worse, and definitely surprising, I think, but fair play to them. The Giants, if they win and Washington loses, and then the Cowboys, if they win and Washington loses, it'll be very, very interesting, especially for the Giants. I mean, historically, the Giants have not been good against the Cowboys. But it's looking now to be pretty interesting as you know, the Cowboys aren't exactly playing great. Recently, they're four, they're, they've won four of their last six games, I believe. Uh, and they've been scoring in games they've won 36 points per game. And you've got so one of the best the league's best offences in the Cowboys. or definitely They're definitely up there against you know a top defence in the Giants. So it'll be very interesting to see that. Now, as a Giants fan, I'm pretty mixed on you know wanting to make the playoffs or not. Because obviously, if wherever team makes the playoffs... Let's say the Giants in the playoffs, they currently have the eighth overall pick at five and ten. But if they win, they would have, and if they win, they make the playoffs. They'd automatically have the nineteenth overall pick due to you know playoff teams automatically have higher than anyone else uh, or any other non-playoff teams, which obviously is fair enough and it makes sense. But it would be a bit of a thing where you know, the Giants have the potential to really get a good player, a start player for this team, um, or they can go and make the playoffs. And, you know, get a better pick. I think the casual fan would definitely say a better pick. But, you know, the players, the organisation, the kind of proper fans, I feel like they would go for the playoffs because the Giants haven't been in the playoffs since 2016. And it was kind of a one and done. You know, the Giants really need that kind of boost. They need a bit of playoff experience, to be honest. It'd be exciting. I mean, I definitely want them to make the playoffs. Because in 19, you can still get some good players. I mean, um, I'm not going to go too into it now, but players that they could target potentially. I mean, they need receivers. Could be like a Rondell Moore or Jalen Waddle if they're available. Could go for an offensive lineman such as uh, Wyatt Davis. He's available. 
He's an uh, interior offensive line from Ohio State. You could go defensive-wise, get maybe a Patrick Jones, Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Roche, maybe not Quincy Roche as much. Um, linebackers like Nick Bolton or Jeremiah Awosu Koromova. I'm just looking at some prospects right now who I know a bit about, but to be honest, I think I should definitely know more. I haven't really looked into it as much as in uh, comparison to previous years. Definitely cornerbacks like Caleb Farley, maybe a JC Horn, Sean Wade there. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's many, many prospects I can list off. Um, I think, yeah, like I said, I'd definitely go for a better pick. Uh, sorry, no, uh, playoffs, because I'll get 19, you still get a decent player. You get, you know, get the organization on their feet. Um, looking forward to the future, especially with Saquon coming back and whatnot. But um, I do think that making the playoffs would definitely be beneficial for the team. The only thing I'm thinking of, so obviously there's two kind of cons to that. You would have, you know, them getting a, a lower pick, well, a higher pick technically, a worse pick, we'll say, which obviously technically isn't good in terms of, you know, getting a good young player. And also, Dave Gettleman could have a chance to stay. Now, the Giants GM, Dave Gettleman, he's a bit of a kind of a tough, tough thing to break down because he drafts pretty well. And free agent signings so far, I mean, at least this season have been decent, but, you know, the Giants are not good. They're not a good team. Over David Dave Gettleman's reign, I guess you could say the last, was it, three years or so, the Giants have gone, I think, 13-34 and 34 as a record, I think, something about that. Around that, I think, which obviously is pathetic. And if you look at it, I mean, let's say two years back, right, 2018 draft, top three picks, Browns at one, Giants at two, and the Colts at three. The Browns now, they're 10-5. and five. The Colts at three, they're now ten and five. That's how a rebuild should look. The Giants are five and ten. Obviously, the team that Dave Gettleman has built is not good enough. They're definitely sparks. The defense is very good, but offensively, terrible. Obviously, it doesn't help with Saquon's injury, different bits of small injuries and inconsistencies and whatnot. But overall, you know, every team has injuries. That's how you deal with them. You know, a team should be able to have it where if they if a player gets injured, no matter how important they are, they have a backup plan. They have other players that can step in. I mean, an example you could say is Wayne Gallman. He played very, very well, for, you know, exceeding his expectations as a backup running back. But it's still not he's still not a great running back. He's just, you know, borderline good. And there's no kind of spark that Saquon would have. So I'm not blaming Gellman saying, oh, you should have gotten a better running back as a backup. But I think the point stands that, you know, you build a team to go through these problems and clearly at 5-10, and 10, you know, they haven't. Just like, I mean, you could put that back to a few years ago when the Giants went 3-13 and 13 after Odell got injured. You know, it, just because your main receiver gets injured doesn't mean it's a valid, a valid excuse to uh, only win three games that season. But enough ranting on that, I think the Giants overall, there's a lot to look forward to. They've got a very, very good defence. Obviously, you know, you can go through some things to clear up. So, for example, you can think defensively they need another linebacker. Tay Crowder, Mr. Relevant, is the answer. I think it's a bit risky to say yes, just because he was a seventh-round pick. And sure, he's exceeding expectations, but... His expectations were pretty low to begin with. So I think getting a good linebacker next to Blake Martinez can definitely be helpful. I mean, obviously the Giants could target early on in the draft someone like um, Michael Parsons out of Penn State. There's been questions in terms of his third down ability. But, you know, overall, he's a very, very he'd be a very, very good pick. The only thing is, he's pretty, high, he's pretty high up there in terms of ranking. So, you know, the Giants might be able to get him, may not. An interesting point, actually, I thought I should make is I think also adding to how I said it was very, very interesting, the position, you know, team that the Giants are in, where if they win their next game and Washington loses, they make the playoffs. But if they lose, 
and teams like Houston, Atlanta, the Bengals, uh, Philly, and Detroit all win, the Giants have the third overall pick. So they have, they have a range of third overall, so the third worst team in the league, tech on you know, record wise, to then making the playoffs. Uh, I guess that's, that's the NFL for you. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to trail off too much back to what I was saying is where um, the Giants also the Giants also need a secondary corner. Also having James Bradbury is amazing. He leads the league with about 17 pass breakups. I think has three interceptions. I believe as well. Uh, very very good player for us. He's now that number one corner. No, hopefully will be for the next few years. But there needs to be a secondary second guy there. I mean, Julian Love isn't playing there. Logan Ryan is better free safety or slot corner. Speaking of Logan Ryan, I thought I'd mention. That you know, uh, he was re-signed to a deal, uh, three years, thirty mil, very good. Not too cap heavy, I feel like. You know, he could definitely warranted more in the open market. I think it's you know team friendly as it gets, but he's also a top player, so you're gonna have to pay him money. It's now up to the Giants now to re-sign players like Leonard Williams, who's gonna be wanting north of sixteen mil a year, I'd say, and then Davin Tomlinson, more in the seven to eight mil a year range. It it, it can depend, it can go up as well. Obviously, you know he's a. Uh, one of those players that he's good, but he doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet as much. So teams may not value that as much, but I think you know actual good player evaluators will um I guess I don't say value too much, but you know, they'll value it. Now moving on, you can talk about the edge. Edge is a very, very big need. I think the edge is interesting in the draft. There's a lot of good free agent options, like Bud Dupree, Hassan Reddick. Uh there's another guy there I remember seeing I have, to, I have to check up again, but there's a good few edge, edge options there. Or Dante Fowler Jr. In the draft, you have Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. You know, going back a year, he was seen as like a top, top prospect. But he's seen as very, very raw now. Where a guy, I mean, I think he fits well as a 4-3 defensive end because he's 265 pounds. But obviously, you know, the Giants have a hybrid defense in which Patrick, uh, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, will use him well regardless. But, you know, he's very, very raw as a prospect. And so it's one of those things where if you draft him high, sure, he could end up being a really, really good player. There's also the potential that he could also flop. And the problem with the Giants is they don't have room to make these kind of errors now. They've been rebuilding for the last 10 years, technically, or eight years or whatever. So, you know, you can't read. There's no room to make these errors. So it's kind of an interesting point because the Giants have quite a few needs. There's also, also, the, there's also the question of uh, drafting a quarterback. Especially if the Giants change and uh, change their kind of whole coaching staff with offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, who definitely should go. If Dave Gettleman, the GM, is gone, you know, normally when a new GM comes in, they like to bring a new quarterback in with them. Have someone like Zach Wilson, maybe, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Matt Jones, Carl Trask, just to name a few. Obviously, I think players like Trey Lance, Matt Jones, and Carl Trask would be a second round pick, potentially. Matt Jones could potentially be quite high, as he's also a favourite for the Heisman. But I think it's interesting to see what route they can go down. Personally, talking about Daniel Jones, I think the, you know the Giants give him another year because I mean after three years, if he doesn't play well, obviously he's 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 done. He's done. You know, I mean this year he's had thirteen starts, he's thrown ten touchdowns and nine interceptions. Not very good. Obviously he's dealt with injury one or but regardless, not great. But then also you want to say, I mean, offensive line's been really really kind of haphazard, where you know it's been good and bad. Overall, not great, and then receivers terrible. The Giants need a one one receiver. Um, the only problem I think is that it's looking like the Giants are going to move on from Jason Garrett after one year, their offensive coordinator, which I think is the right move because he is just not a good offensive coordinator, doesn't play to the strength of Danny Jones. Um, 
it just doesn't seem to work out at all. Problem with that is this next year will be Danny Jones kind of reckon, year of reckoning or I don't know, right, right term to say. But basically, this is the most important year. If he fails, he's done. But then this will also be his third offensive coordinator in three years. The third system he'll have to get used to in three years, which is never good. You know, always when you know uh, a callback, you know, is in a new system, it takes time for him to develop. And when he's so young, it can be a bit, you know, worrying and a bit. Not, not he's he won't be someone to rely on. And obviously, he could make that leap, but we were giant, the Giants were really expecting him to make that leap now, but this year, and he didn't. So it'd be interesting. But I think if you get a good line around him, improve the line, add more depth, get a good reliable receiver from the draft, like a Devonta Smith and Waddle, Jamar Chase, if possible, uh, that could be possible in terms of having him improve. I think, I mean, I want him to improve. I think a lot of Giants fans do. It's just more, will he improve? But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that that wraps up for my New York Giants talk. If I want to talk about other NFL teams, I can do it in a separate podcast. But for now, thank you very much for watching, and I'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.